0: It's the team up you never thought you would see happen. And it's happening right now, again, for the first time, for some of us.
2: Legion of Superheroes number 271 Who is the Dark Man? Published January 1981. Written by Jerry Conway with art by Jimmy James. Synopsis The Legion teams with The Fatal Five?
0: We are back with another Legion Clubhouse, and this week we are finally—well, we kind of discovered at the end of the last episode—who is the Dark Man? Now we must answer the question: What is the Dark Man? Because, as we know, Matthew, mm-hmm. the dark creature that stepped out of the bubble was none other than A Rock Johnson, but not Thayrock, the half android. Mm-hmm. an entire Thayrock Johnson how can that be how it be
1: oh. um <laughs> the thing that's interesting about this is uh you know we have never before to my knowledge had any real explanation of why Thayrock, other than the you know the vague idea of i built a robot side
0: no no why they Therock they've was explained not a whole guy. No, they explained that before that he was caught in an explosion and the people had to build him a robot half. Mm-hmm. That, that's been explained before. Mm. So that, that's something that I think everyone knows. The thing well, that now we find a whole out. Half. Yeah. Um, we find out in this issue that the reason why we have the Dark Man and not Liam Neeson, by the way, people. Uh, mm-hmm. The reason why the Dark Man exists is because at some point before they grafted on his robot half of his body. Somebody did a hypodermic needle into Thayrock Johnson's brain and extracted a sample and then grew. And this is why these last couple of issues feel like a fifties B movie. Mm -hmm. They grew a brain in a jar and the brain in the jar evolved far beyond mere mortal men and, uh, sought revenge against his, uh, against his captor. Yeah. And, uh, uh,
1: John Davidson. Yeah, Um, it kind
0: of does look like him from, uh, uh, that's incredible. Yeah. Was that what it is? That's incredible.
1: Yeah. He later hosted, uh, I think the Hollywood squares.
0: Okay. Uh, don't care. Um, so I really like the sci-fi trope of, you know, brain in the jar. We saw the creature from the, from the water where the kids were making out from a previous, uh, installment. And so kind of this origin story of the dark man is kind of cool. Uh, I think it certainly brings a creepiness factor to a comic that came out in January as opposed to a comic that would say, oh, I don't know, come out in October, something like that. Uh, And so we do get to see some of that creepiness uh, evolve. And that's why he's able to control Thayrock Johnson and give him these horrible, horrible migraines. In the meantime, though, Legion members are still in trouble and Legion members still need to, I guess, help themselves. Mm hmm. In some yeah, way, shape or
1: form six legionnaires uh, trapped on da da sea
0: I thought they got out last time they, they got out last time and uh, were making their way of to of the them. surface uh,
1: shrinking violet clearly died underwater because she does not escape from the ocean, so uh, rest
0: in peace, shrinking violet she's just so tiny you can't see her is that it okay yeah yeah, that's it and then that's then great. she was and she's in every panel. It's just like people don't realize that um uh, ant man is in every movie prior to his first uh, movie that we saw, he was just microscopic size doing missions for, for shield. And that's how that all works. At least if Edgar Wright had had his way and didn't have creative differences (laughs) with everyone, but I'm going to say that's what's happening with shrinking violet here. And not that there were just so many Legion members that someone, Jimmy James forgot to draw her standing around doing nothing.
1: Well, I mean, that particular Legion team doesn't really do anything with the exception of a wildfire becoming the world's only nuclear hairdryer, which I think is kind of fascinating.
0: I mean, it's fascinating in a way that is also, uh, by the way, kids, I'm also giving you deadly radiation poisoning. (laughs)
1: Well, it's neutron energy. So it's neutral. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's how that works. No, it is. That's, that's how that works. That's how, that's how it all works. But uh, since we last saw them, Lightning Lad and Saturn Girl have been locked up in chains and weird gags and everything,
0: which I, I'm i not entirely sure when that happened, but okay. Well, it happened in between panels uh, after they were... Remember, they got captured in the last uh, installment. So between their capture and now, they've been uh, chained. And apparently, because of the metal bondage... Uh, contraptions that they have if lightning lad were to use his lightning powers it would either short circuit or harm both of them and then there's something in place that is preventing saturn girl from sending out messages although she is she does send out a message and is able to control uh johnson and get him to do stuff so it seems like the dark man uh, aka liam neeson dark man, doesn't understand who he has captured and what their powers are. It's entirely possible.
1: Um, I don't know. I think that the fact that someone remembered that she's telepathic and not telekinetic is a step forward. And I do like the fact that, you know, the other Therok being mind controlled and having migraines. Is like literally ridiculously easy for her to take
0: control of. That is that is the thing that did surprise me. You would think that he, that any member of the Fatal Five, right, except maybe their own son, would be very difficult to manipulate. But Thayrock, maybe because he's only got half a brain, mm-hmm. uh, is just like she just sends out a message and says, "Tharok, go and punch the release button." And Tharok is like, "I must go and punch the release button. Why did must I do that?" Turn
1: power and. Honestly, all of the Fatal Five do kind of get, um, I don't want to say defanged, but they, they don't get their usual level of terror and respect here. And I think we have to chalk that up to being, you know, at least partially mind-controlled because at the point where all of a sudden the four remaining members of the Fatal Five are like, "Arg, oh, we are free and now we could kill you, but no, we're going to beg for your help.
0: That's yeah, weird. and that... That only comes about because Thayrock Johnson is the one that shuts down the power to the grid and kind of puts them in a position where they are in kind of a, uh, the lesser position. And once they mm-hmm. realize that, uh, Liam Neeson is out to kill all of them, they decide that, look, it's better to go against the enemy we know than the enemy we, you know, than the enemy we don't, or, you know, it's the, the enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of situation. Is what they what they end up with because they realize that Liam Neeson is going to kill all of them Legion members and Fatal Five as opposed to just killing one or the other. So I think the team up here makes sense and and we don't just get a you know a single team up uh, in this issue. We actually get a three-way team up in this issue because we've got the Fatal Five and we've got the Legion of Superheroes agreeing to team up against uh, Liam Neeson. But we also have to remember that block who is a yes. member of the Legion of Super Assassins? He and um, Timberwolf have agreed that they're going to work together to also fight uh, and and try to get uh, the Dark Man out of this as well. So while there still is a little bit of suspicion going on with uh, Block and his uh, frilly, I don't know, his frilly rock collar,
1: his neck frill, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, I wonder if that's like, uh, you know, when uh, when Newman goes to steal the 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 Jurassic park DNA, if blocks frills just pop up and he <sighs> spits venom in his face, that would be actually kind of cool. That would, that would actually give some explanation for that, but oh, well, so we actually get, we actually get the league of super assassins, the legion of, uh, superheroes and the fatal five all teaming up to go against the, uh, dark man, AKA Liam Neeson. And I think that's something that I don't know if that goes unnoticed by a lot of readers because so much of the focus is on, you know, the fatal five and the legion of superheroes teaming up, but mm-hmm. block being there and saying, Hey, I want to do good. And you guys, you know, should trust me and all of this will come to pass and, and be okay. If you just trust me, I don't think that that is has given enough, um, attention in this issue.
1: It really isn't. And part of that I think is because it's almost an afterthought. I mean, what it's clearly trying to do and, you know, what, what i think conway's whole plan is is we're going to take this former villain we're going to bring them in but it also doesn't really take into account a lot of first of all the established backstory uh but it also kind of makes you wonder as you're going through this when block is like this is where they gave us our superpowers mm-hmm. you know the later stories are going to retcon all that away that block is actually you know a, an actual rock native of the planet dryad but for me, th- this is the birth of one of the perfect Legion bromances. Um, eventually, when I started reading the Legion, Block and Timberwolf were these these weirdos on the side. So you had like your Ultra Boy Monil friendship, and you had your Lightning Lad Cosmic boy friendship, and then you had Timberwolf and Block just sort of wandering around.
0: Oh, you mean your you know, uh, Timberwolf? Your your Wolverine and Coloss- Colossus uh, Colossal uh, what's his name? Colossus. Yeah that that colossus. yeah because that's Kinda. what block is is colossus
1: uh by the point that this is uh when i started reading timberwolf was well out of his uh wolverine phase but he was still insulting block and he it, it was kind of neat because he had this you know obnoxious punch him in the arm kind of uh teenage boy relationship going on and block is just like whatever you say so i i feel like that moment where the two of them bust in And they're together and I'm like, yeah, okay, I can see that this makes sense. You know? Yeah.
0: There's literally, there is one panel away from them doing a speedball special in here when they bust into the (laughs) Arboretum, uh, the two of them together and, uh, Liam Neeson is up in the tall tree with light lass. And there's just like this moment where block could have just easily just picked up Timberwolf and threw him up to the upper branches. And that would have just cemented that. That is what they're, they're going for here. So,
1: oh, I get it. It's a rock joke. Uh, yeah. By the way, a fastball special is what the X-Men did. A speedball special, I think, is what killed River Phoenix.
0: Oh, man, you're horrible.
1: that's not horrible. horrible. That's literally what it was called.
0: Anyway, uh, the other members of the Legion who escaped the death bubble at the bottom of the sea finally show There's up and
1: at the of the sea.
0: they try to get involved, but they really don't. They don't do anything. They do a lot of flailing around and a lot of... Uh, I threw my action dolls on the floor and they just kind of landed in that pose kind of moments. But they really don't do anything else in this issue.
1: But it's a fun moment um from that, you know, last episode we talked about uh Conway's use of Lightlass and trying to make Lightlass into kind of a tough customer. It's Lightlass's powers that make Wildfire and Monel and Colossal Boy completely useless. And I'm like, oh, well, that's kind of neat. And it's also a little terrible because it doesn't feel like anti-gravity should have that much effect on, you know, three men who fly through space on a regular basis. But I do like the fact that it's it's the power of light last that takes them out, which is kind of neat.
0: hmm hmm
1: You know, that's, and- this this whole issue is just kind of all over the place there. But,
0: well, you know, especially having those when- incredibly
1: powerful Legionnaires sidetracked like that. Feels like a plot coupon to me.
0: Well, it just at least brings us to the moment where the master must take down his creation, right? So, uh, just when it looks like Liam Neeson is going to win and conquer all Thayrock Johnson goes at him with one of those power moves that you only see in the uh, last <laughs> act of WWE and the Kapow. two of them collide. And as we know from what the heck was that, uh, time travel movie with, uh, Steven Seagal. Uh, Time oh Cop. Gosh. As we know in Time Cop, you are not allowed to touch your past self or your duplicate, or you both uh, are annihilated and wiped from existence, which is exactly what happens when Thayrock Johnson and Liam Neeson come to blows. They just mm-hmm. disappear in a puff of smoke. And so, obviously, this is not the end of Thayrock Johnson, but the Fatal Five now appear to be the uh, Felonous Four.
1: Felonius? <laughs> no felonious monk he was the trumpet player i don't remember if Therok ever comes back in the pre-crisis continuity or not oh really uh, i know that yeah i know that after this story for several years the fatal five are in a rebuilding period and i mm-hmm. think that by the time we get into the volume three lead, do,
0: do we get an entire run of uh, this week? The final fa- fatal five guest starring uh, some, <laughs> some schmo that gets John wiped out Fav- at the end of Jimmy Smith's as <laughs> I don't
1: remember, honestly, and I, I, you know, we'll get there when we get there because it's probably not going to be that far off that we see the fatal five return, but yeah, Therok is dead for a while. Um, if, if I recall correctly, I know at one point uh, they actually have two female members join mm-hmm. after Therok is out of play and Validus is out of play. So they get to have the Emerald Empress in command of a mostly female Fatal Five, which is actually kind of neat. And then it turns out weird stuff is happening. But again, that's, you know, that's
0: 1985. This is 1980. Well, we're not 81. Yeah, we're not too far away from that. A few years. So this could be the end of uh, Thayrock Johnson as we know him, which would be interesting if that is indeed the case. I, I think, I guess, knowing that I have read newer versions of the Legion and have always known Thayrock is around, I just assume that, you know, the bad guys always come back. Uh, Merlin, oh, or, um, uh, what's his name? Not Merlin. Um, <laughs> Marmaduke. No, that's not his name either. What's, what's, yeah, what, what is yeah, that Dude. dude's name? Marmalard. Marmalard. Yeah. A, a Creole Marmalard. Lady Marmalade. Dead! Uh, Keeps getting buried and then keeps 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 coming back time after time. So I just assume that uh, Thayrac Johnson will return again someday, but maybe not. I mean, uh, if they do keep him out for the rest of this run until we get to post crisis, that would be very interesting. Uh, well, I, I, know I might
1: he's back in the reboot Legion.
0: Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Yes, but uh, and that's oh. what I was saying about newer versions of the Legion. Um uh, I, I, th- I might give uh, a little bit more respect to, to Jerry Conway in eliminating this character from, from the pages. Now I could easily see them getting rid of Liam Neeson, but, um, <laughs> stop saying that. I, we got to keep them separate. Cause you can't ca- call one, uh, uh-huh. Thay-Rock Johnson and the other one half Thayrock or whole Thayrock. Right. Um, so I'm just going to call one Liam Neeson. If Liam Gio, Neeson. He's half ever half comes of- back then that would, then that would be okay. Um, so there's a couple of, he does. Yeah. Uh, in the end though, (laughs) after they've defeated their common enemy, the legion of superheroes are like, well, that's that. Oh, by the way, you're all under arrest. And validus is just like, what me arrest mommy, daddy, no like me time, time out. Uh, and so that is how that issue ends the
1: end. You know, he doesn't know he's their parents
0: yet. Well, no, cause he's, like, they always intentionally make him somewhat slow and dimwitted, which hmm, I really want to get to that story at some point because we, we there are well, so many questions. There are so many questions about that, about that. There are just so many questions. Uh, there is one point where light is flying through the spaceship that, uh, that, that Liam Neeson has brought to earth. And at one point she goes, Oh, this must be the computer level. And I had to stop for a moment and go, what the heck is she talking about? And then I had to remember, Oh, back in the day, computers were still very large systems. Um, uh, mm-hmm. when my dad, he, at one point, um, he's always worked in computers, but at one point he was the system administrator for a small, um, essentially a community college, but it was listed as a university. He was the, one of the system administrators for that. And I would go and hang out in his office on days when, when school wasn't in session. And there was literally probably, I want to say at that time, and this would have been like probably 80, 81, somewhere around here. There would probably have been about a 30 foot by 30 foot. Felt like sub zero room. That was just banks and banks and banks of computer systems with the reel-to-reel uh, data tape spinning at all times. And it was just, you know, the records for the university that they had. And so Light Lasses is, is kind of talking about that. And even before that, when you had um, ENIAC and um, UNIVAC and uh, Brainiac, you know, th- those were systems that you did have to have something the size of. An entire floor of a building and people constantly going and uh, replacing vacuum tubes uh, to keep those things in operational. But even in the 80s, if you're talking about a computer system like what we might think of as a blade or a, a, a rack of blades in a computer system, those were systems that took up an entire room in order to do yep. that. So
1: and they yeah. had reel to reel tapes and they would beep-moop, beep-moop,
0: beep-moop, beep-moop, Yeah, that's what I said. The, the data tapes that would spin. My dad would have to go in and change those uh a couple of times a day whenever they needed Mm -hmm. to bring up a part of a program. But interestingly, when my dad was getting his master's degree question mark, I believe it was his master's degree. His entire uh, project was on punch cards. So just like imagine a filing cabinet drawer about that wide and about as deep as a filing cabinet, but only as high as a bunch of uh, punch cards And just that whole thing lined with punch cards. And that was his entire program that he had to to write. And I remember when he was done with it, basically that was like, had to have been like 74, something like that, when he finished that. Um, And then between 74 and him working as a system administrator in the late 70s, early 80s, they had moved everything over to real, real tape. And you no longer needed punch cards to program anything. So just sitting in the basement was this pile of punch cards. And I was dumb. I didn't know what they were at the time. So my friend Tim and I would just pull out these cards and draw all over them and do things with them. And we didn't care about how they got put back. And I'm sure if my dad ever had any use for those things, he would have been like, no, you know, kind of, kind of moment. But, but I do remember uh, at one time when he had to go to the university, when he was getting his degree, he had to go in and get all of his punch cards turned them over to a system administrator who was then going to uh, run them through the system so that he could get his data back and, and uh, see if the uh, program ran successfully. I remember going when he had to do that and going with him again, when he had to go pick up the results, which was like, I don't know, I was a little kid, but I would imagine it was probably three to seven days later just to have them run a simple uh, program that today would probably fit on a simple floppy disc. But in reality, uh, probably I bet there were over a thousand cards in that, in that thing, just to run a simple thing that probably said, you know, uh, you know, uh, print run, go to 10, uh, and, and those kinds of things. So, so I don't know this, and nobody this,
1: knows what a floppy disk is either, by the
0: way. I, well, you know what? My wife today came home and said, uh, that somebody in another department sit over a floppy disk that had the data of of something that they needed on it, of, uh, of data that they needed. That was like recent data, not like data from 20 years ago. And they had to go around the office to see if there were any computers that had floppy, floppy disks. Oh God. Yeah. 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 So there you go. So, uh, what'd you think of this issue, Matthew? Were there things that stood out for you that you liked, you didn't like about this issue? You did say it was kind of all over the place. There are some funny one-liners and and odd panels here and there, but.
1: There are a few moments that are kind of neat. And I have to admit, I feel like the reveal where uh, Light whirls around and there's an evil dark man right behind her, that's a really strong couple of panels. But yeah. overall, I feel like the art is so bizarre that I was kind of distracted. I mean, the story is kind of a meh, and that ending is god off. I feel like, oh, no, they're gone. Oh, good. Two panels left. Everybody's arrested. The Fatal Five, I don't think, would immediately go, okay, arrest us, just because Therok was blown up. But
0: Well, they're still in shock over losing their friend. So yeah, they, they were, they at this like point, they're not clearly, they're outnumbered, clearly outnumbered. Clearly outnumbered. So evil. it was easy for them to just, uh, you know, darn you kids, we would have gotten away with it if we hadn't teamed up with you.
1: Yeah, uh, Jimmy Janes uh, is inked in this issue by a name that I've never heard before, a John Kalman. And Cowlin's inks are thick.
0: Yeah, yeah. I kind of I mean, alluded to that whoa. uh in the last episode, where if you read issue two seventy and then you jump to this, it's like going from classic uh, you know, an- style animation to archer in in one move. Yeah. This
1: really feels to me uh, all the way through like a Richie Rich comic. Mm-hmm. One of the really heavy black outlines, like something that early Cologne would have drawn, but It makes Block stand out as not feeling like he belongs in this story because Block's outline is twice as thick as anything else, including monsters like Validus. You'll have this moment where Validus busts through the wall and he's like, ha ha, I'm Validus. And then you see Block, and it's just so strange the way that the the artist, uh, the pencilers, and the inkers are working together. So
0: Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. it's a mixed bag. I feel like coming on. The heels of intergalactic space Mark Twain and the evil circus. Oh, and let us not forget the genie in a bottle from one dill nine. You got to rub him the right way. I, I feel like this is we're on an uphill slide, but we're still at a point lower than my favorite Legion story. So, you know, it's, it's an improvement over some of the things that we have had, but it's still not a particularly great issue for me. Yeah, uh, With the exception of the ending moment where uh, Marta Allen wins the presidency and Colossal Boy sits there and says out loud, but how is it going to affect me?
0: Not only does he say, how is this going to affect me? But he says out loud to everyone else in the room. Yeah, but how is it going to affect me? I wonder out loud. <laughs> <laughs> so Jim, Jim's kind of a dope, isn't he? He is
1: at this point, and I don't know that he has been before. Uh, then again, I mean, a lot of times with these, you know, silver and Bronze Age tales, the Legionnaires don't necessarily have a whole lot of uh, characterization to speak of. Um, I will say this in the final panel, finally, Shadow Lass's uh, little blue side panels on her bikini disappear. But throughout this issue, once again, Shadow Lass and uh, Princess Projectra are wearing modesty panels uh, in their costumes that. Uh, Again, I feel like at this point it's clearly there, whether it's, you know, the colorist going rogue or somebody saying, look, we need to cover them up a little more. They are clearly there to cover some cleavage and some hippiness. And I I don't like that. I'm not necessarily a fan of the super naked Grell Legion, but some of those costumes are pretty cool. And if you put the, you know, the red patch under uh, projector's outfit, it just looks silly.
0: So, yeah, yeah, I guess uh, I, d- I did, guess I don't I pay that like much attention run, to that. So, it. uh, it's, a, it's oh, okay. It, it actually feels like, um, a really nice ending because we are going to jump over to a whole separate, um, series here in just a, in just a moment. But yep. I like that there is this kind of finality of this issue where it just comes out with a big banner at the bottom of the page that says the end. And I'm just like, oh, thank God we can end this show <laughs> and do something else with our Tuesday nights. Um, it, it just feels like this is kind of a finale to the Legion. And I don't know if it's because, you know, we jump into the secrets of the Legion of superheroes uh, and we've got a couple of weeks before we get back into Legion. Or if this is, you know, we look at, you know, the first appearance of, uh, Barry Allen as the flash as this introduction into the silver age. I wonder, and again, this is me speculating, not having read super far into the future. If this is kind of like a big dramatic change for these characters, I mean, Jerry Conway is still writing this series. So it's not like this is my goodbye. This was my goodbye arc or anything like that. Um, but we start to see Jerry Conway fade out and Roy Thomas fade in over the next couple of issues. Um, and, and then eventually Paul Levitz. But I don't know if this is meant to, because I know we kind of get a little end thing in the corner of other issues. But this one, this, this big VN banner just feels more final.
1: I don't know. I, I didn't necessarily feel that, but it's, I think it may also be that, you know, especially for the last couple of years, most of these Legion stories have been continued in one way or another. You know, mm-hmm. you get to the end of something and it's like, but where are the Legionnaires on the other side of the galaxy? Or, yeah. oh no, we're done here, but what of Brainiac Five's insanity? And, you know, where is Steve Apollo? That Steve Apollo guy keeps disappearing. That's all I'm saying.
0: Yeah. So I, He I, was a done in one kind of character.
1: Exactly. I get what you're saying. I don't necessarily feel it. But it may also be that I've read this era of Legion you know, sure. more than
0: once yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. And- yeah, and that you know it. I, it just feels like this is a time of, okay, we are done with this run mm-hmm. or this arc or this age of these yeah. characters. And now, starting next time, things are going to get more serious or more crazy it's- or more sexy or whatever, the, whatever it is that they want to do. It just feels like. We have concluded this chapter of the Legion of Superheroes. Thank you for joining us Mm -hmm. next week. Come back for an all. And and if this had been in modern age, this would Mm -hmm. have been the end of a run. And the very next issue out of this, after this would have been a new number one issue. I guarantee a new
1: number one written by Bendis. And you know, the introduction of block is kind of the start of a different Legion era. It's kind of, you know, we're going to, in the next few weeks, see, some of the naked costumes disappear. We're going to see some big changes in terms of the team's layout and whose dad is which, and things of that nature. So, I mean, this isn't necessarily a bad place to say, "Hey, are we going to? You know, is this a breaking point and something new is happening?" But it's also one of those things where Jerry Conway comes from the Marvel method, mm-hmm. and I I wonder if this just wasn't a thing where we're like, "Okay, this is the end of our whole." you know, underlying presidential motif of, Oh, what's up with brand? Oh no, the president is evil. Oh no, brand has no money because the president is evil. Right. Oh wait, the president is out. We have a new president. So yeah, I can kind of see it. Yeah.
2: If you enjoy the show, we would appreciate your support. You can find out more and become a Legion Clubhouse member at patreon.com slash Spoilers. Secrets of the Legion of Superheroes number one. The past seen darkly. Published January 1981. Written by E. Nelson Bridwell on plot, Paul Kupperberg on script. Art by Jimmy Janes on breakdowns and Frank Chiarmonte on finished art. Synopsis RJ Brand on the verge of death. Does a Legionnaire hold the cure?
0: I did say we were jumping into a whole new miniseries. Uh, we are jumping into, as, as uh, Jason just said, Secrets of the Legion of Superheroes number one. This is a three issue miniseries, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Is this, I mean, we have seen short runs before this, correct? Or is this one of the early miniseries? This is one of the very earliest
1: intentional, uh, mini series. So like some other stuff,
0: like when we had those big jumbo ones where Superman fights Muhammad Ali and the big uh, wedding anniversary issue, those were stories that had been setting aside and they're just like, Oh, let's grab all these stories and slap them together into this run into this collection, Mm -hmm. but not intentionally set out to say, let's tell a story that is contained in this three issues or six issues or whatever.
1: And it should be noted that uh, we're technically in Legion of superheroes Volume Two because Legion of superheroes Volume One was an all reprint volume that came out in nineteen seventy three so there were four reprint issues of the Legion of superheroes, which is in a lot of ways meant to be it, it is kind of a limited series or a mini series but uh, this is the beginning of the era where Marvel and DC specifically were doing actually intentionally limited miniseries and not like it went four issues and nobody bought it. Uh, the very first DC limited series and one of the first limited series ever came out in 79, they did a three or four issue, uh, world of Krypton limited series. Um, and this was coming out of the DC implosion. When you know everything was up in the air, was there going to be DC Comics any further? You know, and you have to ask yourself: you know, when that happened, was it an attempt to try and bring readers back? But what it really did was it showed the potential because Superman had, I think, three or four or more limited series. There was World of Krypton, and there was World of uh, Smallville, and there were several others. And then Marvel caught on in '82. So about 16 or 17 months after secrets of the Legion comes out, Marvel kicks in with contest of champions. Number one, their first limited series followed up by, of course, probably the most important limited series of the bronze age, the Wolverine so limited secret series War? by Frank Miller.
0: Oh, the Wolverine. Okay.
1: Um, yeah. And then in 84, we have superheroes, secret wars, and then 85, 86, we get crisis on infinite earths, but sure. This is, this is DC saying, Here's this new miniseries format. What are we going to put in it? Legion of Superheroes is one of our top-selling books. Top sellers, We're going to yeah. give the Legion their own limited, their own mini So
0: here's why here's why I felt like that big the end in the last issue felt somewhat final or ending of a major chapter or a major moment in Legion history, because Secrets of the Legion of Superheroes is dated, cover dated, January of 1981, the same month that Legion of Superheroes mm-hmm. 271 comes out. And so uh, whether they came out on the same week or an alternating week or whatever it is, this is a story that kind of picks up after the events of 271, but certainly before the events of 272. But in it, in it, we get, and essentially I'm going to guess the other two issues are just like this, which I hate. I totally hated this, this series. (laughs) Essentially it is, let us tell you the origin of all the members of the Legion of Superheroes, let us tell you who they are, where they're from. Let us get a 33rd retelling of how mm-hmm. Light Lass and Lightning Lad and uh, their, their uh, evil brother uh, Mecht uh, got their powers. And, mm-hmm. and so that's why this feels like at the end of 271, if they weren't using the silly marketing campaign or ploy that they use today, 272's solicitation information would definitely have read a great jumping on point. Because yes. you just read the three issues of Secrets of the Legion of Superheroes. We're reading the first issue now and then the other two in the next episode. But mm-hmm. we are literally reintroducing readers to every member of the team. And we're doing it in the tropiest of tropy ways, right? Our dear oh, benefactor yeah. is lying dead. What are we going to do? <laughs> and there is
1: some, uh, there is some, um, uh... I don't want to say argument but there's definitely some differentiation in various people on the internet who want to know where these books fall. Legion 271 actually hit the stands October 23rd of 1980. Secrets of the Legion number 1 was October 9th, 1980. So this actually hit the stands first, but there's there's a thing in here that makes it difficult to place because at the end of this issue we are given the current membership of the legion and it identifies block as a legionnaire in this book. He doesn't appear in the book.
0: So technically then this should happen after 272 because 272
1: after 272 because block is not yet part of the legion. They just reference mm. him in the back matter. More importantly, well, he's uh, on the the cover of
0: 272.
1: He's on the cover of 272, yes, but he's not anywhere in Secrets of the Legion number one. Right, right, He's not yet a member of the team. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So should this have taken place? Superboy, Supergirl, and Tyrock, who is inevitably trapped in
0: another dimension and unable to come back, is on the first page of the story. That's what it's like. Wait a minute. Superboy is back? How does that work? Because he intentionally is not coming back, so he wouldn't remember how he killed his parents. I mean, how his parents died. Uh, So I thought that that was rather rather odd that he would come back to see RJ brand in a coma because he's uh, contracted some rare alien disease that only one other human in the history of all humanity has ever caught. And you know why that is? Well, we'll find out I'm sure by the end of the uh, arc, because he's really not a human at all. Ooh, man. I, I f- knew when this story
1: came in and We are probably going to hear from people. I don't know if Legion Omnicom has a different opinion uh, from me of where this has to fall. But I know that I've seen people arguing about where it should, where it shouldn't, where it is. But for me, it has to be before 272, but it has to be after 271, even though that doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense uh, from the story because of at the end of 271, we have the blown up Therok, We have all
0: these things, you know, we have, yeah, uh, we have the, the, of course, the end. So death that's, of
1: shrinking violet.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with the, the end thing is the, the defining thing for me. If I'm just, you know, I don't know enough about this history, this part of the history of the Legion. Uh, these mm-hmm. stories are all new to me. So if I'm just reading it, I would say, yeah, this feels like a perfect placement for this because we just had a, the end, uh, yeah. moment. And so now we have a time to say, Hey kids, Here's your perfect jumping on point. If you don't know who all 33 of these people are, we're going to tell you, and we are once again going to change the origin story of how the Legion of superheroes met and how they were formed. Uh, you know, we take cosmic boy and he's no longer a, uh, uh, what's, what's it was a metal ball player. He's not playing with the he metal was, balls. He
1: was a Magno ball champ, Magno ball he champ. left, he left rail to find a job because he I thought was he left
0: Braille to come to earth to be a, uh, a Magno ball player but then in the process, uh, he, Oh, okay. All right. Um, uh, yeah. Cause here, yeah. So maybe they don't change the origin story that much for all these characters, but we do get, and again, the secret origin of cosmic boy <laughs> and Saturn girl. And again, the 33rd retelling of some crazy space elephants, electrifying teenagers. Um, it
1: does fill in some blanks that we haven't seen before because, Remember, the first appearance of the Legion, uh, the Superboy story, mm-hmm. it, the Legion already exists. Right. And several of the members that we know are already members of the Legion at that point. Whereas right. by their second appearance and their third appearance, you see uh, Triplicate Girl and Phantom Girl are already on the team mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when they first appear in uh, that action. I think Adventure 276, if I'm not mistaken. But that Supergirl story with Supergirl's three Supergirl friends. If I'm not mistaken, and I'm sure someone will tell me, I believe this is the first time we see where Phantom and Triplicate Girls actually joined the Legion.
0: Yeah. And so that's that's the interesting thing about this, that I that even though I hated seeing all these origin stories again, uh, Mm -hmm. the thing that is really cool about this. So before we get into that, number one, there's two uh, mass figures who break into the Legion HQ while everyone is out mourning the uh, comatose RJ brand. And they're going through the the tapes trying to find out, you know, is there an answer here in the tapes? And so that's why we're seeing all of these origin stories again. But the thing that is really cool about this is they introduce all of the backstories in the order that the characters joined the Legion. So you do get to see Triplica Girl joining before, you know, Supergirl and before, you know, Superboy and all of these things. And they even do a call out in this issue where they're talking about the time bubble we get to see where the time bubble first appears and RJ Brand is telling them oh hey you can go back into the past and bring someone forward and then they t- there's a little bit where it's like there was a great debate and we decided to invite Supergirl before Superboy and it's like oh that's a really kind of cool moment that just solidifies some of the things that we've been talking about uh in previous uh episodes of the Legion Clubhouse and so i think that that, that is probably the neatest part where they go through and they actually show all of these characters origins and their membership uh you know chronologically or list order or however you want to however you want to do it yeah and there are you know there are
1: moments in the legion's backstory that don't make sense and this Mm -hmm. is the first time that we see them placing star boy at his point in history And I feel like this may be the first time that we address the fact that Starboy's powers made that big change that they did back in 65 or 66. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, I really like this. I do agree with you that, you know, basically it's a bottle episode. It's a clip show. Yeah. But it's a 25-year clip show.
0: Man, if uh, for a clip show, it is one of those where it's like, uh, yeah, it's a clip show, but we lost the original footage, so we had to go back and reshoot all of the footage again because right. there's it's just enough show changes that they had in this. To redo. Yeah, it, it, there's just so many changes in here that it is it is this very weird thing. Like when uh, what's his name, uh, uh, Satan Satan Seven shows up, or whatever his name is, Gary Seven. Oh, shows you mean up. Lucifer Seven? I oh, that's his name, guy. Lucifer Seven <laughs> shows up, and they have to do a whole thing with that. It's like we've never seen this guy before. And yet we get this, get this whole thing. Uh, you didn't, you did mention Marla. Uh, Marla is back. Uh, we see him, especially with a uh, son boy and his, uh, his origin. But then it's revealed later on that the person in the mask is Marla. Marla. And he's here trying to find uh, what's going on with, with RJ brand.
1: Yeah. And the last page of the issue makes an interesting um, uh, kind of, Question for me about Brainiac Five because remember Brainiac Five is just off of his his uh, maniac killing phase, yeah. And the first thing meds. that pops into his head when Marla is like, "There's a mystery," he's like, "What is one of us a killer?" Nobody mentioned <laughs> murder,
0: Brainiac. Nobody but you. No, it says is is a Legionnaire suspect of trying to kill R.J. Brand because why else would Marla and his assistant? uh by the name of what is her name uh Arlene Ar- Arlene Arlene Ar- Arlene yeah. uh, Hey Arlene come and get uh, me a soda well you know why are Marla and Arlen why are they here in undercover mode unless that unless there's some suspicion that a legion member might be involved in uh RJ Brand's attempted murder they they say trying to kill yeah. RJ Brand he's not dead yet well, I'm not dead right. yet I'm just in a big bubble uh, and so, the other
1: Marla thing about this issue that's interesting is they established that Marla was the Legion's adult uh, supervisor, right? which we've assumed before. But before Ultra Boy joined, oh, Marla yeah, Boy, was the Subway. Legion's adult supervisor. Right. So his first appearance in that first appearance of Ultra Boy comes after Marla was already helping out the Legionnaires yes. before yes. Ultra Boy ever even showed
0: up. Yeah, so he was so actually then contracted by RJ Brand early on to do this stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Which yeah, makes you can have sense these in that- teenagers running around unchecked. They're going to, you know, do all sorts of horrible things. We've seen uh how that movie and that book uh, played out. Leave them yeah, alone. We have. Uh, also in the back matter uh, in the letters page, they also list here's all of the uh, joining order of the legion members for your mm-hmm. future reference. So, all of
1: the members who were honorably uh, discharged all, full, active, and honorable members, which means Nemesis Kid, Command Kid, Dynamo Boy, some of those schmucks don't show up because right. they are not
0: considered actual Legionnaires right, uh, for right, purposes right, right. of the story. but Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not going to include them right now, but uh, maybe in the future. But I, <laughs> So here's what I liked about this issue. I liked that they mm-hmm. showed the backstories in the order of the m- members as they joined. Okay, I like that they make some establishing stuff like them explaining away why Supergirl was uh, joined before Superboy. I hate that this is a clip show. I really do. And I hate that they keep changing the backstories of some of these characters so much that it's just not even funny anymore. So I, I, I was super annoyed by this issue, but I appreciate it for what it is. And for a time when you're trying to gain new readers. Mm -hmm. I can appreciate what they're doing here. This would be like a early who's who kind of thing.
1: Yes, that is exactly what this is. This is one of those stories that kind of represents because in 1981, you know, comic stores existed, comic stores were out there, but you didn't necessarily have easy access to a comic book from 1958. And when you went looking for them, you know, I didn't in 81, but 84, 85, I would go looking for these books and sometimes they were hard to get your hands on because you had to either mail away to like a mile high comics or Mm -hmm. you had to live near a store that had them. So representing these stories, uh, 23 years into the legions run for, you know, a young kid like me, this is, this is barely, barely early for us. This is two or three years before you and I fell into comics.
0: Um, actually you let's may see, have what, already been reading comics
1: by this point
0: i was probably already reading comics at this point i would have to go back i mean obviously i was reading comics here and there i had some star wars comics uh some bugs bunny stuff some you know stuff that oh, my mom sure. would buy for vacation kind of stuff but right. i would have to go back and look it's it's World's definitely
1: 73 is august of 81 and that's yeah the book. so
0: that's when i started that's when i really started getting into comic books is yeah. with that with that issue so i'd yeah, so if you said that it's August of this year, yeah, we're right on on the cusp of me being hardcore into comics.
1: Yeah, and for me it would be GI Joe number 1 in the spring of 82. So, yeah, I mean, this is at a point where if we had been reading comics just a few months earlier, I feel like you and I, 12-year-olds or 10-year-olds in 1980, would go and look at this book and think, "Hey, Finally, something that explains all these things that may have happened. Uh, Whereas, you know, today you can go to comiXology or, you know, Mm -hmm. you can go, you can walk into a bookshop and probably buy a Legion of Superheroes thing.
0: I don't know. I'd have to look, maybe somebody already has um, one of the most recent omnibus editions of Legion of Superheroes. I don't know if this is included in one of the more recent omnibus editions, but it's certainly, it's certainly something that you can easily access.
1: But yeah, but and, it's one and, of the newest, newest ones. It's like literally either one yeah. that's about to come out or one that just came out.
0: Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking at the cover of this. Hmm. I don't know if this would have, I might have picked this up off the stands because I would have flipped through it. And one of the things that attracted me about that world's finest is we were seeing all these different origin stories of the first meeting of Superman and Batman. And then that suddenly being revealed to be a whole different earth, uh, thing, that everyone was mm-hmm. remembering differently. So I might have been on board for this saying, oh, here's this girl and look at her powers or look at this guy and oh, look at this crazy demon dude. Um, so mm-hmm. I might have, I might have picked this up or at least begged my parents to buy it for me. Uh, yeah. Had I, had I seen this on the stands in 1980, whether they I would have think. been willing to, sh- uh, sh- uh, shell out 50 cents to do it <laughs> is another question, but I definitely yeah. would have been into you know, do I buy the mad magazine? Cause I was totally into mm-hmm. mad magazine. Um, oh, do yeah. I buy the mad magazine or do I buy this? And I think mad magazine, I have to go back and look, but it may have been 75 cents at the time. Yeah. So, but
1: you know, that, that world's finest book that got you into Superman and Batman was also much like this retelling old mm-hmm. stories with, with new details. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's what I really, really enjoy about this particular issue. Uh, first of all, the cover art is just gorgeous. Yeah. I love, I love the Giordano covers. I wish that Giordano actually did interiors on a Legion book. Cause wouldn't that be great if you'd get like the actual cool art from the covers or, you know, the George Perez covers that we had for a couple of months. I'd mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm, yeah. But yeah, oh, I, uh, I like uh, yeah. this first issue as much as probably any Legion book in the last 10 or 11 episodes.
0: Oh yeah, most definitely. And 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 like I said, one of the nice things about this is it is super attractive to get the new reader on board. Right. So I really appreciate what they're doing and I understand why they're doing it. It makes great fiscal sense. It makes great publicity sense. It makes, you know, it just is a good point to introduce something like this. So I, I like it and appreciate it for what it is. But for someone who has just spent the last, you know, however many years we've been doing this already, four or five years, uh, <laughs> doing 270 issues of the Legion of Superheroes and all the other stuff, uh, tied in with it, man, it just feels annoying. It's kind of like when you watch a Batman movie and it's like, yeah, oh, we have to show the killing we have of, to show uh,
1: the pearls on the, yeah, on the yeah, it, it, yeah. it's
0: kind of, it, to me, it kind of feels that way. Also, I want to stand corrected. In January, cover date, January uh, 81, Mad Magazine, number 220, mm-hmm. was 85 cents, but yeah. you jump forward to June of 81, and the price jumped up to a dollar. Yeah, Mad Magazine was a buck when I started buying it. Yeah, it was it definitely. Was a magazine. Well, yeah, yeah, and it had a whole bunch of other stuff. That's why I was like, if I why saw this on the shelf, if I saw this Legion of superheroes issue and a mad magazine. I'd probably still go with the mad magazine because you got so many different stories and you got so much <laughs> stuff that I knew about. Like the January 81 cover is, um, empire strikes back. I probably <laughs> had this one. And I remember, you know, getting my parents to shell out 50 cents for a Legion comic. Uh, I mm-hmm. remember mad magazine, 85 cents, talking my mom into buying it. Then with tax, it was like 92 cents and she almost had a conniption fit right in the Alco uh because it was like I don't have an extra 7 pennies to pay for this and I was like oh come on mom you certainly got 7 pennies somewhere and she's ah like, oh, I don't know about this so yeah um yeah it was definitely in that so yeah was raised by the way by uh by Fagan who uh raised <laughs> Oliver Twist
1: <laughs> please mother may I have a comic book
0: no no <laughs> So there you go. That is, uh, that's part one. We're going to go into part two and three in our next episode and see what's going on with RJ brand. Can he be saved or is this the end? The end I say that wraps it up for this installment of the Legion clubhouse. Thank you so much for checking us out this week. Certainly appreciate everyone who, uh, comes and hangs out with us and interacts with us on our twitter feed of legion clubhouse or mighty king cobra or major spoilers it's always good to hear from each and every one of you but what i want to know right now matthew is what Mm. did i what did we learn this episode we learned that when something great happens to your parents the first thing you need to ask is how will this affect me I think we also learned that uh, we got a lot of origin stories in both of these issues. More origin stories than you could ever shake a stick at. And you shouldn't shake a stick at origin stories.
1: And most importantly, we learned that a life force vampire can only affect you if he
0: remembers he has any powers. Thank you again. We will be back next time. Until then, I am Qui-Gon Jinn. And I'm Spider-Boy. No, uh, Spider-Man.
1: No,
2: crap. I'll figure it out later. The Legion Clubhouse is a production of Major Spoilers Entertainment LLC and is produced by Steven Schleicher. Your hosts were Matthew Peterson and Steven Schleicher. You can follow Matthew at Mighty King Cobra and Steven at Major Spoilers. You can follow this podcast on Twitter at Legion Clubhouse. If you have questions or comments, send them to podcast at majorspoilers.com. I'm Jason Inman. Until next time, eat it, Grandpa.
0: This podcast is copyright 2021 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.